so Merry Christmas, everybody. Everybody have a good Christmas? Anybody wearing something they got that day? Anybody wearing something that day? Yep, every service. Friday night was crazy. Anybody get, anybody get a gift that they totally did not expect? Crazy gift. What'd you get? A baby. Okay. So. Anything after that would not compare. We'll stop right there. Winner. Right there. But I will say that uh, I did meet, you know that car commercial, I'm not sure if it's Lexus or, or Mercedes-Benz where, you know, Santa gave the guy a car? I mean, who is that guy? Wouldn't you love to get a car in your, in your, for Christmas? That'd be amazing. I actually know somebody that got one. The wife bought the husband a car for Christmas. Whoa. It still doesn't compare to that baby. That's amazing. You know, Christmas is always a big deal around my house. I don't know. My, I, I grew up in a home. My mom, that was her favorite time of year, and she decorated the house so nicely. The Christmas music was always playing. That's why I love the Christmas music still today, all these years later. And uh, the tree, I just love the smell of a fresh tree. And I love going, getting the tree with my mom. So, you know, I, I got to have a fresh tree in my house. My kids went over to the dark side this year. They bought an artificial tree. Did I not bring you up better than that? Where did I go wrong? Yeah, it was, but Christmas is an amazing time around my house. We, you know, I kind of got that from my mom. And I kind of, anybody ever been to my house? Okay, so what I'm talking about is this. I kind of take it, I took what my mom brought in me and then I put it on steroids. And so fortunately for me, I have a son who loves to help me. So we decorate the house every year and, uh, and it's always been a great thing for the, for the community and uh, around us. So, but you know what? As soon as Christmas is over, the music's over, our minds are past Christmas. Most of us go, shoof. But guess what the next holiday is? Right around the corner. It is New Year's. Amazing. And by the way, just this New Year's is going to be very special. You know why? Anybody know why? Why? Do you know why? You're wearing the shirt, my man. So I digress just a little bit. Just a little bit I digress. This, anybody in here a college football fan? Anybody in here college football fan? Yep. And by the way, if you're sitting next to that person, this Thursday I would come up with plan B. Because that person has much, much watch TV on their minds. They're probably going to be a little impatient. You know, especially if their team's playing. Okay, let's, just take a, let's take a little poll. Who's rooting? Who's rooting for the Ohio State Buckeyes? Anybody? Let's, do it. let's go for applause. Anybody? Ohio State Buckeyes. Be proud. You got to clap. We don't know. If you're in there, don't be, be proud. Okay, how about, how about the Alabama Crispin Tide? Roll Tide! Anybody for those guys? Couple, couple. Not an SEC fan myself. Okay, here, anybody for the Florida State Seminoles? Anybody in their world? Whoa. Whoa. Uh-oh. Okay, 
So, anybody an Oregon fan? Yeah, he is. He's wearing his shirt proudly, man. That's going to be an amazing day. So, you know, New Year's is kind of a bit different now that the playoffs are going on. But as, I just want to say that, though, as the, as the holiday comes and as great as the holiday is, it's also a time to look forward to what the Lord would have for us in 2015. And that's really what my message is about today. You know, I think back 37 years ago, 37 years ago, I got married. And, to, and I want you to know, the first few years of marriage, I sucked at it. Terribly. We, you know, I look back now thinking, wow, I'm so humbled by the future that God put into our lives and the life that we are able to live together. But I want you to know, about five years into that marriage, we were going to get divorced. I can still remember it was at Christmas time. And the worst time to have marital issues has got to be around the holidays. I mean, it's just, it just an extra cut to your heart. And I remember that, that year, and, and we always put stockings up, you know. Like, we probably kind of brought that over to my parents, from my parents. And I remember there was two stockings up for my wife, Deb, and I. And I remember distinctly grabbing mine and throwing it and walking out of the house. And this year, I... I I, I felt, I was sitting in my living room and something came over me, something powerful came over me because I was looking at, I happen to have a, fire, I have a fireplace at my house, it came with the house. I don't use it, it never works, you know, but it's, it's there so it has a mantle. And I was looking at that mantle and this year I realized that there was 12 stockings on that mantle. And I was overwhelmed by God's grace and mercy in my life and my wife's life. It was amazing. And the Lord has blessed us with three amazing kids and their spouses. Can you put that picture up? There they are. Up top is my daughter, Sarah, Eliz, and her husband, Mike. And of course, there's Sarah and her husband, Trevor. You might know him. And that's my son, Paul, and his wife, Bree. And you know the best thing about having your kids get married? Those. That has my wife, Deb, in the middle with me, and those are our pride and joy. That really is our life these days. And my life, my wife and I's life, is to really give them a future and a hope, to really be a part of their legacy, to really make their life, you know, all that God would want it to be. And as we, we're talking about today, we've been studying a powerful verse the last few weeks. In Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 8, and it says this, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, and that's what we're talking about today, we're talking about your tomorrows, your future, your forevers. God, what it says in that word is that God's promises are absolutely true. And when it says that he has a future for you and a hope, I just wanna read this first to you because I want you to know that God wrote your script. And in that script, he wrote a future that was beyond your wildest imagination. And sometimes we, life gets in our way and we take a right when God wanted us to take a left. We go sideways and he wanted us to go straight. We say things and do things and things cause our way and we are wondering, oh man, did I fall far from that script? And here's what it says in, in Psalms 139. It says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious 
are your thoughts about me, oh God. God lovingly, purposefully, and carefully created you. He's given you a person, just before those verses, it says that he gave you this wonderfully complex personality. Anybody married to somebody wonderfully complex? <laughs> the fact of the matter is we all are. We are a combination of an amazing personality and passions that drive us, drive us. I think it's so important. One, that's why I'm always so happy to be able to preach the New Year's service because a passion of mine is to allow others to find their passion. I love it. I love helping people find their passion because when you do, you will find God's best for your life. God's given you passions that drive deeply. And those passions are connected to your tomorrows. It should be the accelerate, in, the accelerate into, the, into your future. Some of us have been through some terrible experiences, some of great experiences. God didn't cause those hurts, but I promise you God doesn't waste those hurts. And sometimes our tomorrows are, are brought to life through our experiences. That's what happened to Deb and I. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, 30-some years ago, we did not know how to be married. And now, as we move forward, my wife and I, Deb, are able to help other marriages. So, you know, however it worked out, God decided that he would put into our, our lives a passion for people to have amazing marriages. You see how God works? Maybe God's caused something to happen in your life. And now those have ignited a passion in you, and you're helping others. That is what God would want you to do in your future. You see, when you die... You cannot hook up a trailer to that automobile getting your, your casket to the grave. There is no U-Haul trailer. You can't take anything with you. The only thing you can take are the lives you've touched. It's an amazing thing. And God, I want you to know as you're sitting here looking at me this morning, I want you to hear me loud and clear. God has a future for you beyond your wildest dreams. But we get so stuck in today, right now, and the issues that we face that we can't sometimes see the future well. It says this in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. It says this, that I know. God is saying to us clearly, I wrote it and I know it. And I want you to experience this. What an amazing promise that God has given us. And you're probably sitting here, me, sitting here right now. And you might, be, you might be sitting here right now looking at me and go, Man, you do not know what's going on in my life. I find no hope in my future. No hope. I can't get past tomorrow. I don't even see a future out there. Sometimes, and I'm sure a crowd this size... Sometimes the enemy has gotten so deep into our thought processes that we're even thinking about ending this precious life the Lord has given us. It's precious, precious. And if that's you, I need you to know you need to get some help. Because I want you to know that when Deb and I were going through our marriage issues that Christmas, there was no hope for tomorrow. I could not see tomorrow. But God says, I know the plans I have for you. And they are for good and a future 
As we get into this holiday season, I want you to know this New Year's, God has an amazing 2015 sitting waiting for you. The best year ever, filled with promises and hopes and potential that is only waiting to be brought forth in you like never before. And as we get to this holiday season, I love the New Year's time for me because it's a time for Deb and I to really reassess where we are, to collect our thoughts, to understand where we've been and where God would want us to go. So we use New Year's and I encourage you to use New Year's as a time to reflect on what the Lord would have for you moving forward. You know, I just want to, this morning as I do this, I just want you to know that when we go away with, when Deb and I go away and look at the future, what we're trying to do is sync our lives with God's best for our lives. Are you hearing me? Trying to sync our lives. And I forgot to tell you one thing. It'd be a good idea if you're going to take, you should be taking notes because I promise you, you're going to get to that driveway and go, darn, why didn't I write some of this stuff down? Because I've got a lot I'm going to throw at you. But I just want you to know that when you go away, God's going to show up in amazing ways. That's the one thing that my wife and I have taught other couples. There's got to be a time. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It don't got to go to Waikiki if you can't afford it. But you just got to get away from the routines. You might find it in the beach. You might find it in the mountains. You might find it wherever it is that you can find peace. You got to go there. You got to go there. And I want you to tell you the number one thing God would want to tell us this morning as a congregation. It's a message we've been preaching all years. I want you to know the first thing and most important thing. You have to slow down. We are racing through life so fast. We couldn't possibly even slow down long enough to hear God's voice speak to you. Are you hearing me, church? God would want to tell us this morning, we've got to get down to a different gear. Because most of us live life, including me, in fifth gear. We wake up in the morning, our mind is already at work. We're just racing through life. You know, we spend some time with the Lord in the morning. We get, the, we get our prayer request out. Lord, I got a couple seconds for you. Listen up. Here we go. Lord. And we go through our list. Say, good. You hear me? Good. See you later. We had no time to sit and listen for God to speak to us. And what I'm talking about this morning is go to a place where you hear his voice and know his voice and he hears yours. So important. Because God would definitely want to speak to you because it says, I know the plans I have for you and I want to tell you those plans. So as we turn the corner, the first thing and the most important thing to me is you have to slow down long enough to hear God. Because when you slow down long enough to hear God, I promise you, you're going to be more likely to give God control of your life. Because many of us, we're going so fast, our hands are just tied to the steering wheel of our lives, and we're white-knuckling it. And even if God was trying to tell us to do something, we're going so fast, our minds are racing so quickly, that we don't even hear him. Church, God wants to speak to you about this amazing future that he created for you. So I want you to know that the most important thing is to slow down and you need to get away to a quiet place. And you know what? When I go away to a quiet place, my wife and I, you don't even, the first part of that time is no talking because you just want to hear from God and just sit there and allow God to speak to you. 
to give you revelation, to give you new dreams and new desires and new vistas that you never even thought possible. Because when you start praying, Lord, unveil that plan to me, I promise you a couple of those are going to be going, you say, what? What? I can't do that. No way. No way. Oh, yeah. God's going to give you those. And I promise you, the enemy's going to get in the way of that, too. He's going to come in and throw doubt as fast as you can. He's going to chuck your checkbook in front of your savings account and go, you see, you couldn't possibly do that. And you let that dream die. Do you know how many people have gone to their grave with unfulfilled dreams? I'm sure they got to heaven and God says, man, you just don't know, buddy, what I had for you. And you weren't even listening. And I surely don't want to be that person. I remember back, I don't know, boy, it's been a long time, probably 25 years ago, I was praying, Lord, let me, I'll set the stage. I was driving down Kalahale Boulevard, and I was praying in Kailua, I was praying, Lord, I really would love to own a home in this community. This was a long time ago, 20, 20 plus years ago. I really want to live there. And I felt that the Lord clearly told me, if you want to live here, you may. I, I, and by the way, back then, we couldn't rub two nickels together to make a dime. But I really felt the peace. And so I have Mondays off. And every Monday, I would drive through Kailua Town, praying, Lord, where would you have us live? And this went on for months. And then I finally found this community that had a little park, a neighborhood park in it. And we, I would pray over that street. I would drive right there on a Monday. I said, I'm camping right here. Lord, please let there be a for sale sign on this street today. And months went by, never a for sale sign. And I was thinking, Lord, I must not have heard from you. The whole time Deb and I are trying to save and put our pennies together and try to figure out how could I even afford to live in this community because the prices at the time were so high, it was beyond us. So we knew if God was going to allow us to live in that community, guess who had to show up? God. And one day, one of the girls that used to come to Hope Chapel, uh, Jana Luli, she comes up to Deb and I and says, hey, I know you want to live on Kaimaki Loop. I know someone's selling their house on, Ka on Kaimaki Loop. And so that was a Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon, you know, around 3 o'clock, we went and parked in front of it. And, and I called Jan. I said, Jan, we'll take it. How do I get a hold of this guy? It was Dr. Maglio. Anybody uh, have Dr. Maglio as a doctor? He's a, one of the family doctors in this community. And uh, so I called, finally said, I said, how much do you want for it? And, I, and we had kind of figured out what we could, that house was going to be worth by the time they, we got to be able to buy a house in that community. I said, I want to buy it. Sold. Let's not get a realtor. Let's save the money. Let's do it. If you're a realtor, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it, it was this bad. So I agreed to buy it. And so the wife calls up Jan and says, hey, who's this nut that wants to buy our house? He didn't even come inside the house. So we had to go over to the house that night and walk through the house to pretend like we cared. Because <laughs> let me set the stage. I was so sure I was going to live on that street we had started designing, because all the houses on that street, if you know where Kaimaki lived, that house was, they were, those houses were built in the 50s for the marine base. They all looked the same unless you started remodeling them. But most of them looked exactly the same. Three bedrooms, one bath, small. And we knew that our family couldn't fit in that unless we remodeled it. I had a little construction background, so that's what we did. And so we literally started on God's, because we felt God was in this. We took the risk, 
stepped out in faith and started actually designing the house before we ever even bought it. And God, we have that house today. And I want you to know, if your, house, if your dreams for something that right now is beyond what you think possible, I want you to know, if you pray, God will show up. Trevor and my, da and my daughter, Sarah, just recently they, they bought their house in, in Kanyoi. And we were talking to them, Deb and I, it's really important that our children own a home. So we are, and it, it was the farthest thing from Sarah and Trevor's mind. Farthest thing. We can't afford that. And all of a sudden, God put everything together. Woof. And they own a home today. If they looked at their checkbook, though, and they did, and my daughter looked at hers and understands, there's no way, Dad. Get off our back. Don't pressure us. But God put it together. There's a family in the church, Bob and Diana Holland. Anybody know Bob and Diana Holland? The pillars in the church, been around here a long time. And their future, their dreams, their aspiration was to have children. They desperately wanted to have children. But Diana could not get pregnant. They went even through in vitro and they paid a boatload of money for in vitro. But you know what? God, God didn't answer their prayer. There's people in this room right now looking at me, understanding that desire. And we're holding out that Lord would bless you with children. But I want you to tell you Bob and Diana's story. See, God changed Bob and Diana's heart. And they gave Bob and Diana a heart for someone else's child. And they adopted two amazing boys from an orphanage in Guatemala. Which changed Bob and Diana's future forever. You see, they couldn't see the future. They only could see the future by their, having their own children. And it, they were in despair. We prayed for them. I know the Saggers, the rest of us who know them, were praying desperately for them. They were hurting. They were questioning God. They were doubting if there was a God. And all of a sudden, God opened their heart to something that was amazing to these two boys. And I want you to know, now fast forward eight, nine, ten years later, more than that, maybe 11, their lives, Bob and Diana's lives, are so enriched by these two boys. But guess what? Bob and Diana changed the future because of God's grace in their life to have a love for these children. You should see these boys. They went from an orphanage into, from Guatemala into a beautiful family in Kailua, Hawaii. And those boys are thriving today. Their life, by God's grace, their future, their tomorrows were changed dramatically. Are you hearing me? God did amazing things. Let me read this verse to you. One of my favorite verses. I literally read it probably almost every day because it's such a powerful verse for me. The Apostle Paul writes this in Ephesians, the third chapter. It says this When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall on my knees. This is the Apostle Paul praying. I fall on my knees and I pray the Father, creator of everything in heaven and earth. And I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he'd give us a mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. You know what I just said? God telling us nothing is impossible for me through my Holy Spirit in his children's life. Nothing. And I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he give us a mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at our homes as we, as, in our hearts as we come to trust him. May your roots grow deep down into God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide 
and how long and how high and how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's so great, we'll never fully understand it. Then you'll be filled with the fullness and power that comes from God. Now here's the kicker. Now glory be to God, by his mighty power at work within us, he is able, he is able to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare, dream, ask, or hope. When we allow God to do the impossible in our life, and we trust God, it says, the word says in, in Hebrews 11, 6, it says it's impossible to please God without faith. God would want you to step out in faith this year, to go to places you've never been before, but I guarantee you, this is gonna happen, and I want you to be ready for this, armed for this. I want you to know the second you start stepping out in faith and taking risks, with this are, these are God risks. These are risks that you're, you're willing to step out in faith because you trust God to see you through the impossible. The enemy is coming at you in a major league way. In a major league way. He is gonna throw disappointment. He's gonna throw discouragement. He's gonna throw fear at you so fast you don't even know it hits you. And fear and discouragement is one of the greatest tools the enemy has because we don't even know it's him. But it is. And God, by his power of the Holy Spirit, allows us to pray, Lord, you just pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, get out of here, Satan. Do not throw this fear and anxiety and stress at me. Are you hearing me, church? God would want you to go places in your life and in your marriage, and in your family, and in your business, and in your classroom, in your studies, in your career, farther than you even thought possible. We just read it. As we turn the clock to 2015, I want you to know, I want you to get alone with God and say, God, what would you have for me? Ask yourself the question, if, God, if money was no object and I couldn't fail, what would you want me to accomplish this year? And write it down. Because dreams don't become reality until they get written down. My wife and I write them down, we post them. We're faced with that's a roadmap. Goals are the roadmap to the future. You know what goals do too? It keeps your marriage fresh. Because you work together, working together to accomplish something amazing in God's strength. Are you hearing me, church? I want you to know, too, that when we talk about Jesus today, uh, yesterday, today, and forever, that forever, we can't, can't lose sight of the greatest forever is our gift to spend eternity in heaven. It says this. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it says this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Let me read that again. No mind, can, no mind has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Not only for tomorrow, but I, what I'm talking about now is the ultimate gift from God is our privilege and by God's grace the ability to spend eternity with him when we think of heaven that's way beyond what we can see and when we think of eternity that's way beyond our understanding but God said it is true these promises I said are true John in Revelation 21 tries to describe heaven to us he uses words like the entire place is of pure gold when you refine gold to its purest state you know what it looks like 
It's clear. It's transparent. And he describes a world that's completely transparent of pure gold. The walls are of like emeralds, of fine stones, of precious stones. And the gates are full, are made of pearls. Where there's no, there is no sadness, only joy. There's no sorrow, only happiness. That's what awaits us. I'm, I'm, I love John Bevere. I, and you know, you, there's, a, there's a movie out, many of you saw it, Heaven is for Real. Everybody see that movie? In John Bevere's book, Driven by Eternity, there's a story in there of a boy who was electrocuted. And the, and the uh, emergency EMTs pronounced him dead, but his dad kept praying. He was a pastor, pr praying over his son. Lord, in Jesus' name, bring my son back to me. And he prayed desperately all the way to the hospital in that ambulance, just pleading to God, God, bring my son back to me. Bring my son back to me. And God did. But the story he told, much like the story in Heaven is for Real, the boy told of a story of going to heaven and being greeted by all his loved ones. People that he had absolutely no idea who they were. He was, trying, he was describing these people to his father and mother. And his father and mother recognized them right away. Oh, that's this person. That's that person. That's this relative. That's the person we led to the Lord. All accounts of people that God has opened up the window of heaven so that we can get a glimpse of it. Says it's a place of unmatched beauty. Unimaginable beauty. But here's the other thing that always comes out when you hear these near-death experiences. Don't pray me back, Dad. I want to stay there. You'll be there soon. Don't pray me back again. Heaven is for real. It says this. In John 14, it says this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and also trust in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's house. Some of your translation says there is a mansion waiting for you. It says this. For... For this, if this were not so, I would have told you I was going to prepare a place for you. I wouldn't lie to you. I wouldn't have told you I was going if I didn't mean it. When everything is ready, I'm going to come and get you so that you'll always be with me where I am. You see, our, um, our ultimate forever is spending eternity with God. You know, I had an amazing Wednesday up here on this campus. You know, we did this uh, Christmas blessing project, and many of you contributed to that. And in, in the next few weeks, we hope to get a, together a video just to thank you for all you did. But one of, our, one of our people in our congregation called me a few weeks ago and said, during this Christmas blessing project, would you consider donating some money to this lady's fund? She's trying to raise enough money for her funeral arrangements when she dies. I go, What? Yes, my friend is dying of ovarian cancer, stage four ovarian cancer. And the doctors have said that she's not going to survive this. There's no miracle on the horizon that she knows of. So she called and asked me that. And I said, I'm sorry, Don, but there is no way I can do that. That's not what this friend is for. But, and by the way, just so you know, that if the Lord does take her home, I don't have Pastor Carl's permission. In fact, he's not even here, so I'm in good shape. We're going to help her. Are you hearing me? We're going to help her. But we couldn't help her with that one now. But I did say, Don, go back to her and ask her anything that we could do to bless her. 
and he, she came back to me, well, you probably can't do this, but she's actually never seen her two grandsons. They live in Louisiana. Oh, yes, we can. I said, oh, yes, we can. So we got people on the phone. We talked to those people. How fast can you get to Hawaii? As it turns out, pretty fast. <laughs> so this last Wednesday on this campus, we asked Marty. Marty thought she was coming on the campus to ask me to help her with her funeral arrangements. So we had her, we had her faced away from the parking lot, and I was just kind of chatting with her. And I said, Marty, tell me about your life. Tell, do you have children? Oh, yes, I have four children. She was telling me about that. And then all of a sudden, she's broken into this deep cry. But I have two grandsons I've never seen before. I'm too sick to travel. I'm not even sure they'd want to see me because I don't have hair anymore. I don't look like I used to, and I'm not even sure they can recognize me. At that second, at that second, those two boys and, their, and her daughter-in-law, their mom, walked up right behind her chair on that campus Wednesday wow. night. And I said, Marty, God's looking over you because your grandsons are walking, sitting right behind you. And that was the most amazing reunion you ever want to see. She told me that she was afraid that the boys would reap because she doesn't look like she used to, even though I thought she looked great, but she has no hair. They thought, she thought, oh, the boys will never want to be around me. That youngest boy that's sitting in her lap right there, that's Marty with the hat on, embraced her so hard and wouldn't let her go. And I, you could tell something spiritual happened to Marty that day because that boy so embraced his grandmother it was just amazing. And I asked Marty, Marty, do you know the Lord? And she goes, yes, I know the Lord. And I am so looking forward to spending eternity with God. And I said, whoa. And she said it with such a confidence, such assuredness, such a peace about her that it just struck me deeply. And I want to thank you, Hope Chapel, for making that picture a reality. You did that. Yeah. When you gave to this fund, we didn't even blink because of your generosity. We said, you get on a plane right now. And so I did text them about Christmas and they were having a major league fun time. It was the greatest Christmas present she ever got, Marty. And, you know, here's a girl that's gone through a lot, you know, no doubt about it. And there's people in this room, I, and I totally know that there's people in this room that are fighting cancer. And I understand that. And you're... But I know this, God's a great God. He has a great future for you. And I'm, we're praying by God's grace that he heals every single person in this, in this campus. I'm praying God will do that. But God has an amazing 2015 for you. Please don't let those dreams die in you. But one of the hardest things to realize in us is our deepest passions because life just throws so many things at us that we never get a place alone with God long enough to really hear from him and allow him to ignite that excitement, that passion for our future. And I pray, I pray, church, that you would take some time of your amazingly busy schedule, I know. Get away from your routine. Get away from whatever normal to-do lists that are facing you 
and get away with God and ask God, what would you like me to accomplish this next year or into the future? I promise God's going to do some amazing things in your life. Let's pray. Lord, you are an amazing and awesome God. What Paul writes, when he thinks of the wisdom and scope of his plan, your plan, Lord, was to die for our sins so that we could spend, pay the price for our sins so that we could spend eternity in, with you, Lord. And along the way in this life that you so preciously gave us this life, such an amazing life you gave us your Holy Spirit to die, guide us and direct us, to speak to us, to comfort us. And Lord, I pray that for each one of us in this room, that you, Lord, you, Lord, would unveil, unwrap our future, Lord, our tomorrows. That we, Lord, would have the faith to step out and to follow your lead, Lord, no matter how audacious, no matter how grand, no matter how unbelievable those dreams might be, Lord. Because you, Lord, I know you have more than we could ever dare dream, ask, or hope on our hearts. So, Lord, I pray for each one of us in this congregation, Lord, wherever they're at, Lord. I especially pray for the people, Lord, who are dealing with issues that are beyond their ability. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd touch them right now, that you'd heal them, you'd heal their physical bodies, you'd heal their, heal their relationships, Lord. I pray that you'd touch of their emotional heartstrings for those around them that they want to restore those relationships with, Lord. I pray for those in this, bit, in this congregation, Lord, who have businesses that need a touch from you. Or those in this congregation who need a job, Lord, I pray, Lord, that their tomorrows would be filled with joy of a new job, Lord. And I pray for those people in this room who might be hating their jobs, Lord, and want a new and exciting vista for them, Lord. I pray that you'd give them the courage to step out in faith and look for a new desire career for them, Lord. I pray that in Jesus' name. I pray your Holy Spirit fall in this congregation right now. And I pray for anybody, Lord. I want to pray another prayer for those in this room who have never come to know you, Lord. I pray for those people that have been far from you, that don't really understand if they have the ability to spend eternity with you, Lord. I ask those people, Lord, that you would speak to them right now as I pray that you'd speak to them, Lord. Because, Lord, your word says that there needs to be a transaction, that you need to, that we need to actually accept you into our hearts. As we, as you knock on our hearts, Lord, you need, there needs to be a transaction. And I pray that that transaction would happen right now. In church, in a couple seconds, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand boldly saying, yes, Lord, come into my life. And I'm going to, have, I'm going to pray and I'm going to have you hitchhike on those prayers. So I'm going to count to three. And if you want Jesus to come and take residence in your heart, one, two, three. Raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand. I see you. Yes, one. Yes, I see you, two. Yes, three, four, five, six. Thank you, Lord. Put your hands down. Lord, I pray right now in this room, this second, that your Holy Spirit would come and embrace these people who have just raised their hand in a tangible way, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit would fall on them so they literally feel your embrace right now, Lord. Lord, Lord 
Lord, we ask you for forgiveness for anything that we've done. Lord, do our own thing, go our own way. Lord, the sins we've committed, we ask you for forgive us right now. Forgive us our sins, Lord. And I pray that you would open up our minds to what you would have for us. Lord, thank you for loving us and saving us and allowing us to be your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, gang, I know I threw a lot at you, but I'm going to ask uh, Lisa and Mel if they would throw this on our, on our website. It's really a kind of a, a ability if you want to really understand how to set goals and, you know, see what the Lord have for you. I'm going to have uh, our girls put this on the website. You can just download it. Get away by your, if you're married, get away with your partner or your spouse. If you're single, get away by yourself and just see what God would have for your tomorrows. Why don't we all stand? Let's finish the worship.